Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. So I want to apologize to my listeners. Uh, for the past uh, month and a half, it's been uh, my podcast uh, episodes have been sporadic. Um, a lot of it has it has been uh, because of uh, people's schedules, people telling me that they want to do a uh, podcast, but they uh, at the last minute went to go visit family or do something, and then some of it has been because I've been lazy or this and that, and, uh, and people's schedules, the holidays, you know, people go out of town. Um, and then I was supposed to go out uh, this past weekend and do um, find somebody interesting to uh, a homeless person to interview but uh, because of the weather uh, I am not going to take my equipment outside uh, so I got I found the most uh, interesting and beautiful woman in the world to interview and uh, she decided that she would talk to me she doesn't invariably talk to me, uh, but she talks to me. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So when's this beautiful woman going <laughs> to show up <laughs> so that I can get up and give her my seat? <laughs> you are the beautiful woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> what do you think of this rain? Oh my gosh! It's crazy. This rain—it's been just just today alone. It's been raining nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like ever since I well, left the house this morning, I le- usually leave the house around four fifteen, four twenty-ish, and it's been raining all day. And it's now what four o'clock, four thirty. Almost um, five. Yeah, and it's been raining all day. Yeah, I came home and I, I was cleaning the house and I looked out the window and I thought, you know, I could have sworn this house didn't come with the pool. <laughs> we <laughs> but we have, have a pool in the backyard. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of water in the backyard right now. Let's just water. say it's all natural. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we need this rain, so let, yeah, I'm not coming. Just to uh, let everybody know who are don't live here in the Central Valley. Um, Southern California and Central California, basically all of California too, uh, has been in a drought status for a long time. And you can see it if you were to come down and visit the local uh, lakes, you'll see it that the each and every lake is down, I want to say 200 feet. It's sad. Yeah, it's super sad. Even like the... Um the riverbanks that the farmers use to water their crops has yeah. been dry for the last two years, That's almost three years. Yeah. Uh, Lake Kuwia was just a, was just a sad sight to see back in November. Oh yeah, we drove by there and. Uh, it was sad. So, 
the, um, the water was so low that you could walk out almost to the middle of the, the lake to see, like, the rest of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But <clears throat> all this water is very much needed. Yes. So the water... The water that's falling right now is getting soaked into the ground, hopefully getting soaked into the ground. For the wells. And, yeah. And then hopefully it provides snow for uh, the mountains. So when the snow melts, it provides us with water later on. Right. I know that. I think it was last year. Uh, one of my coworkers works out in, uh, or she lives in the town of Pixley. Yeah. And she came to work one day telling me that um, that the town had ran out of water. Really? That all the wells in the town were dry. Yeah. And there was no water in the town, and uh, companies like Pepsi were donating pallets and pallets of water. But I can't. I, I just can't imagine it not having water, and it's something that we honestly take for granted. Yes. We use water to use the toilets. We use water to brush our teeth. Take a shower, wash our clothes, everything. Yeah. Make coffee. Cook. Make our coffee. And we take it for granted. Yes. And I'm just glad that we're getting all this rain. Not just <clears throat> for, our, for our usage, you know, but for the farmers that depend on water. Yeah. And for all these mountain resorts, I mean, how exciting for them to get all this this crazy snow yeah and the mountains yeah. just look awesome when they're just covered in snow right. so they've had a, a good they had a good uh, dusting even before uh what what was it november the beginning of november they got a good dusting then mm -hmm. i think it was just a little after halloween that they got a good their first uh snowfall mm -hmm. which was early this year yeah uh, so i mean all this water is good in some some aspects, I mean, for all the mudslides and everything, yeah, that's that sucks. But we need the water. Yeah, yeah. So. We have a lot of burn areas here in California that uh, people are worried about, right? Isn't With it the all whole state? And stuff. Huh? Isn't it the whole state? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, there were a lot of wildfires within the last couple of years, but. Uh, not that, not just that, but there was uh, some rock slides uh, closed down one of our freeways. I think up in Shaver Lake. Yeah, by Shaver Lake, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, how was your New Year's, Louis? <laughs> I was trying to stay up and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and no one in this house made it to like 12 o'clock. No. Everybody was out. Yeah. We got woken up by fireworks, but it, even on uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve nights, uh, it was raining. It's been raining. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. It was raining, but the people were shooting off fireworks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. Yeah. Any resolutions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to piss off my wife. Mm. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll start on it next year. <laughs> okay, so this past year. Yes, let's reflect. Let's reflect. Let's reflect on 2022. We came out of having mandatory masks. 
Yeah, so I almost got my butt kicked at work because I had by an old lady because she saw me in the garden and she went to go. She came after me to pull my mask off as she was yelling at me, "Take your mask off!" And she was gonna come at me and tear my mask off my face. And she got close to me, but then I decided, mm, I'm just gonna walk away. Mm. So I ended up walking away, but. She wasn't the first one. There was another man, too, who came after me to take off my mask. And I'm like, am I like a target? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I got yelled at by other customers telling me I was, I was a sheep. And I'm like, wouldn't I just be a lamb? <laughs> <laughs> like the lamb from Zootopia. Yes. <clears throat> but, I mean, I don't know. Last year was crazy. Crazy all the way around. Um... They say they they start lifting up some of the restrictions, but then uh, here uh, in the Central Valley where we live at, a lot of people didn't uh, weren't really abiding by that. But in big places like Los Angeles or if you go down south, right, Riverside, San Bernardino area, there were a lot of places that were really stringent on uh, what was going on. I. Th- I don't want to get into politics, but I think a lot has to do with it. There's a lot of... I don't know. There's don't get into a, it. There's a lot of people who support Trump up here. Okay. A lot of Republicans, and they, they're they all about don't wear the mask, don't be, tell, you know, I'm, don't be telling me what to do, blah, blah, blah. But it's not... It's, I don't think... This is my personal opinion. I don't think it's about following the masses, right? It's about having common courtesy and respect for one another, mm. which com- I think completely lacks nowadays. In so many ways, right? Like and it just it's just kind of kind of like a big turnoff yeah. in a lot of ways. And I just wore I just wore my mask just as a common courtesy cuz what it, I know I'm weird. What if I was one of those people that was asymptomatic and not knowing I'm spreading my cooties all the way around? But you were you were at work. You deal with customer service. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> if you're in a job like that, you have to be concerned with your customers. I could understand having a mask on. All right. Yeah. But I mean, also, what if I wanted to go visit my mom and my dad, or yeah, you I want, don't want to catch what they got, no. or I wanted to go, I wanted them to come visit. I don't want to have something and then potentially give it to my parents, no. right? Because they're elder, and then put them at risk. And they have comorbidities. Co- they have underlying conditions. They have underlying conditions. So, right? so it's. I mean, it's just a common courtesy. I don't know why people are I don't know it's it's just ridiculous you know to me it's just ridiculous yeah it's not it doesn't doesn't cost anything to it doesn't cost anything to just be like courteous to one another and people nowadays don't don't have any courtesy for each other no respect, nothing. 
I don't know. And in a town like this, where when we first got here, there was a lot of a lot of people that were different from people from down south, it's, right? Was, when we first moved up here, it was like a like that small town hometown feel. Yeah. Right now, the city's growing, and now it's becoming like. It's starting to feel like any other city, like the cities that we were trying to get away from. Yeah. Because it is growing. You're starting to slowly see the farms disappear. And the farms are starting to take over by... Housing developments. Housing developments. Ugly houses, (laughs) too. There are some ugly houses. There's hideous houses. And they're all like... They're all like those houses where they're... If you're in your bedroom, you can look out your bathroom window and look into the child's room next in your neighbor's house it's just it's just weird the, the how the way the houses are laid out are just weird no backyard and then there's like a there's like new developments <clears throat> where there's like four houses on a that share a driveway so you got two houses in the back and two houses in the front like man you really have to like get along with your neighbors yeah like that's I don't like that no I like to come be able to park my car in my driveway and have some type of privacy mm-hmm. <clears throat> but now these houses that are going up they're just they're just ugly yeah there's no yard there's no character there's one uh, development <laughs> down the street from us where they try to make it like a modern design to the houses, two-story houses, and they have like weird shapes to them. A lot of wasted space. A lot of wasted space, right? And it's a private, it's a private community. A, yeah. Gated community. G- gated community. With its own little park in the center, and and they're what like almost five hundred thousand. Oh my God, they're so expensive. They're almost five hundred thousand dollars, and if you if you look in the back on the back wall, that lines the uh, gate the gated community one of those walls is is a makeshift <laughs> wall for the homeless yeah, on, to, the backside, on the back side so yeah. if you look out your uh, bedroom window on one of those two story houses you can see just the homeless encampment back there and that's another thing the homeless have were like everywhere everywhere making encampments in uh, in front of businesses and making encampments in, in river washes and on the freeways. The homeless have gotten to be, like, out of control. I mean, I, I get it. There's, there's a problem, yeah. right? But like one of my cousins had mentioned, because she worked for years uh, serving the homeless community, and I remember volunteering uh, at her shelter uh, a couple times, several times. And she even said it. A lot of these homeless people do not want to go into the shelters because they don't want rules. No. They don't want to abide by the rules. No. So they rather be outside. Like, they just rather just be out and not u- utilize the services that the shelter offers. Yeah. Right? Because they don't want to abide by the rules. And I get it. But still, 
it's it makes the community look run down. Mm-hmm. It makes it just look it just makes it look run down. No. I mean, there's at, like I went to go visit um, one of my one of my professors, and she lives in a in the historic district of Visalia, and very nice houses, cute houses that were like that are like over a hundred years old. But as soon as you just pull out of her street, there's just. Uh, you know, homeless people. And I get that there's also like a mental uh, health issue too. You know, a lot of these homeless do have mental issues. A lot of these homeless are homeless vets that get overshadowed by other people. And it's, it's just a problem. It's also, I don't know, can you call it a pandemic in a way? I don't know. Probably can. <clears throat> I mean, it's just sad. Do I feel... Sorry, do I feel sympathy when I see a homeless person? Of course, I do. Like I wonder, I think to myself, don't they have family? Like, I can't imagine my family member out there, like, not having a safe place, you know. But then I also wonder. I also think back to what my cousin said. They don't want rules. They don't want to abide by rules. A home has has rules. Yeah. I've interviewed uh, some homeless people that had money to pay for boarding or buy a house and stuff like that. They just, they don't want to pay taxes or they want to be able to do drugs or they want to not have to be responsible to hold down a job. And I've interviewed some very intelligent people and then I've interviewed some obviously disturbed people and uh, one of them she needed help and it's not something that I could have just called somebody to come pick her up because if she's not going to accept the help then there's nothing nobody can do for her right it's like a like an addict in a way, they're not gonna they're not gonna take the help that you offer them until it's time for them, until they hit their rock bottom, yeah. right? Yeah. You cannot like all these homeless people that would walk into my cousin's shelter. shelter. They were it was like a revolving door. It was the same one over and over and over again. And they didn't want they didn't want the help. They just wanted the services of the free stuff. The handouts. The handouts that they got. Um, did they offer medical services? Yeah, they did. Did they take it? No, they didn't. But <clears throat> you can't make people do things that they don't want. And that's something that I learned in my counseling class a few semesters ago. You can't make people do something because you want them to do it. They have to do it. They're going to do it when it's their time Mm -hmm. and they know when it's their time no so it's kind of like going to college right yeah like you can't i can't you can't tell a person oh you need to go to school you can tell them you need to go to school and if they go chances are that they're not really going to be successful in it because they're for it's like they're being forced to be there 
versus when they know that, hey, you know what? I need to do something. I need to benefit myself. I need to go to school. I'm going to go to school. I need to enrich myself. So then they go on their terms because they, they're, it's, they decided that it's time, it's their time to go. They're more successful. Because they're there, because they're, it's on their terms. It's just like if you were to tell someone, don't do that, (laughs) the more, the the more you tell them not to do it, they're going to do it. But the opposite, right? And this year you got to be able to go back to college, to the actual physical campus, right? I did. Last, this past semester was my first time being on campus. In a long time. In a long time. And it was... It was exciting to be back, like to be in the classroom with my professor and like there <clears throat> and have like all my classmates and then kind of like in my mind sit in the class and think, who's going to drop out by, by, you know, by the time you're, you're supposed to drop the class without having it affect your, 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 your transcript, right? Yeah. <clears throat> So, like, in my math class, I think we started off with, like, mm, 40, and only uh, six ended up staying. And this class, I mean, it was it was a survey class for mathematics, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit of everything. It was algebra, trigonometry, geometry, statistics, and all the other subjects in that math class I I. St- I struggled a little bit. And the one subject that I thought that I was going to struggle with the most, I ended up doing the best. And that was my statistics class. Mm. And I actually enjoyed that class. Did you? I did. Mm. But I think also it has to do a lot with the professor. Yeah. This professor was very patient. And she was very, like, approachable. And if you add, if you had a question, she wouldn't make you feel dumb, right? Mm. Like, there were no dumb questions for her. Like, every question was a question that deserved an answer. And we've had uh, professors in the past that have made you feel like crap. Yeah, because they're dicks. Yeah. Um, but this one, this teacher, this professor, she, I remember I broke, I broke down and I'm like, ugh, I need help. Like, and I don't want to go to the tutoring center because they they teach differently, right? Like, they're not they're not going to teach me in a way that I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up, right? Like, I think I'm, I'll, I'll struggle even more. So, I ended up just emailing my professor and I asked her, Hey, can I can I stop by your class and by your office and ask you for some help. She's like, of course. So I had already been overwhelmed because the semester was started off kind of rocky because it was my first time going back on campus after the campus had been closed for so long and we were doing online. So the whole routine, and then I was going to school every single day, Monday through Friday. And then I had one professor who was just kind of like a scatterbrain in a way. Space cadet? Space cadet. I actually thought he was homeless. 
I actually thought he was a homeless m man following me on campus. It turned out he was my geology teacher. But, and he overwhelmed me. He gave me anxiety because he wasn't organized. And you, you know how I am. I have to be organized and stuff. So I went to my math uh, tutoring with my professor and she was helping me and she said something and I remember just breaking down in her office and she got scared and she thought she had she had said something inappropriate to me and she apologized and I'm like don't know it's just the fact that everything you just said makes sense so we were talking and then she ended up like suggesting you know, have you ever been to the Access Center to get uh, tested for some type of learning disability, whether it's audible or anxiety or learning, or maybe it's your anxiety that's hindering you from learning? Or so I'm like, no, but I've been wanting to because at my last college before we moved up here, there was like a eight month waiting list just to get an assessment. Really? Yeah. So. She walked me to the office and introduced me to the counselor, and I got an appointment on the spot, and I got my assessment, and I, the assessment was like, I think it was like six hours long, and <clears throat> I got my results just before uh, winter break, and uh, I have some type of, like a slight learning disability. I don't. I think it's like audio, like I, I hear things, but I don't process it correctly. Like I don't process it fully mm. because I disassociate because it's not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't interest me, so I just disconnect and I disassociate and I just don't pay attention. No. So it's kind of cool because the center ends, ended up, you know, they helped me, right? They helped me in more ways than I ever thought. <clears throat> and they gave me, they gave me this pen, right? And this pen is, it looks like a regular, it's like a, it looks like a calligraphy pen. They let you borrow it. They let me borrow it. So I checked it out. And I had like a, an appointment with like some tech, IT chick. And so she gives me, the, she's giving me this pen, and she's telling me all the details about the pen. And I'm looking at it, and it looks like a calligraphy pen, but on the bottom of the, of where it writes, where you write, where the ink comes out, there's a recorder. And it records voices, like it will record the professor when they're talking. So it's recording the professor. And then as you're writing, it's also recording everything digitally. Your movement. Your, your movement, like all the letters that you're writing, it's recording it. Yeah. So then as, as you're writing, um, it's, it's putting it into a file on your computer or on the program, on the app or whatever. So like, let's say, but it's, you're writing on a special paper because they also let me have this paper. It's like a notebook. And it, it's just weird. It's, it's kind of, it's really cool. Did I use it? No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't use it. I didn't use it because I was using 
I had, I had already been using my notebook and I had all my notes in there and stuff, but, but. You figured out that uh, in all your time that you've been going through college that you have to write things down. I have to write things down and I have to read things over and over and over and over again. And so writing down in a notebook is good for you. It's good because it's because I have it visually. Right, I'm a visual learner. I can't pro, I can't learn just by Listen. listening. And people have noticed, you've noticed that you're talking to me and you blank out. I blank out because it's not interesting. It's not interesting to me. So I I just block you. I block you out. I mentally block block things out. And if you ask me to repeat what you just said, I I can only repeat certain words that I little snippets here and there, but the full conversation I can't tell you mm. because I wasn't listening. Because <laughs> you were boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, after sitting there in the office getting my results, it was overwhelming, right? But after it was like a weight lifted off of me. Like, okay, I'm not dumb. I just process things differently. And it may, I may have to be sitting at the table for a little bit and then get up and go. Like, I'll get up. Like, that, there were times in my math class where I would be sitting in lecture and I would get up and leave the room because I was, I was catching on that I was not paying attention so I would leave the class walk up and down the hallway and then go back mm. and, I, and my teacher caught on too and she let me she was like okay she, she needs a break so <clears throat> that's that's just one more thing about me <laughs> but other than that I mean I go back next week mm. I start the spring and I won't be going every day. I'll be going two days a week, but those two days I'll be at school all day. For a while? Yes, until about 4, 4.30. Mm. So I'll be gone all day. Yeah. Which is okay because, because the light's already at the end of the tunnel and I already see it. Yeah. So You don't have that much to go to so that you can get, I think, what is it, your AA? My AA. And, and then transfer out to... Fresno. Fresno State. For about a year and a half, and then that's it. Mm. So, and some people are will be like, oh, it's just your AA. Yeah, but it's mine. You know, it's not yours. It's mine. So for you to say, oh, it's just your AA, it's mine. And I worked hard for it. Yeah. So I've had to jump through hoops and loops and... Everything for it. Not only that, but uh, we've moved around. We've moved around, um, going to school. Having children. At night, working in the day, and then missing out a lot on the boys. And then, you know, being in school at night, because those were the only times I was able to take class. And then not seeing the boys for, like, a couple days so I was thankful that I had my mom and my dad to take care of the boys 
because you were you were working nights nights and I was going to school nights and you were going to school in the day and I was working in the day and we were like two passing ships when we would see each other oh yeah but now that we're up here I was a I was able to get all the classes that I needed because it is a smaller school it is a smaller campus so the opportunities for me to get the classes that I really need are more available to me. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, living in a big, bigger city. More people on campus. You were trying to get your English or your math class that you were trying to get. And I couldn't. Or that you needed to to get your degree, and you could. You and had to get on a waiting list because yeah. of. Who did you say had priority? Well. It, it, it wasn't here at this school the the kids who are in dual enrollment like they go to school with the high school and then they take a college class they have priority for registration so which I made a I got a group together in my ASL class where we made kind of big, a big stink about it like why if we're in our third level of ASL why do we have to wait for the high schoolers to register for the class, right? Like half of the people who are registering for ASL 3 are because they're going into, into the field of communicative disorders, audiology, speech pathology. So these people are actually needed, right? So these kids that are taking dual enrollment, they're not taking, like, the more advanced classes. They're only taking, like, the introductory... No, they're taking advanced classes, too, because it goes towards their foreign language at high school. But are they learning anything? No, they're just sitting in the classroom taking up space. So when they would walk into class, I would push myself through the door first <laughs> because it's like, no. And you would see them... It was like they had recess. <laughs> they would have recess outside. Their their teacher would have them run around to get all their, their I don't know, ants and their pants out, I guess. I don't know. It was ridiculous. There was a lot of high schoolers in my in my class. And little by little they were they were dropping like flies. So Yeah. And then when they had to do presentations they were like uh is it optional no it's not you have to do it it's mandatory you're not a person that likes people so you have to, <laughs> thanks <laughs> you having to do a presentation in front of everybody that's not your strong point that is one of your weak points right that's one of your weaknesses you know I'm okay when I feel comfortable. And yes, I was nervous to do my presentation, but I was comfortable because I had been, I knew, I, I had it. I was studying, I was getting tutoring, I was getting extra help, I was out, I was going and getting extra help outside of tutoring, and I was practicing, and I had it down, like, boom, I had it. I was proud of myself, and then I actually did the presentation, and my teacher stole my thunder <laughs> because he was so excited of the book that I was translating that he ended up 
signing the whole book. Yeah. And I was watching him. So I told him, I signed to him after class, that either he should give me the opportunity to do it again, or just give me the A. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. But I'm excited to go back, mm-hmm. finish these last classes, and that's it. And then I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Am I? Am I? I'm excited to go to the university, right? Am I dreading to go every day? I hope not. I hope it's not every day because that's a far drive. Yeah. To be going every day? Yes. Yes and no. It's a far drive because you've gotten used to this being in this lifestyle, but in reality... I've driven further. In reality, you've driven further for... For work. For work, right? Yeah. For 16 years, 17 years, you were driving... Like an hour and a, Like an hour. Yeah. An hour, two, and almost two hours back yeah. because of traffic. Because of traffic. Don't make me think about those days. <laughs> I have flashbacks. That's what I'm saying, though, is we're, we've gotten used to being here in this place where it's been uh, awesome, not only for our boys, because it's a smaller town and they get uh, better friends, but for us, too. Where well, I don't know about better friends. I mean, his friends are kind of, like, quirky. <laughs> One of okay, the, the same friends. <laughs> he's always, uh, but then our they're, they're, older son, he's always been, uh, had, had a, the same I, kind of friends wherever, he, wherever he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, they're good. They're a good group of boys. Do I kind of cringe at when I overhear their conversations? Yes. He's 15. I know. And they were giving him... You should be lucky that our towels don't stand up on by themselves. I was... I think the other day they were in the car and they were giving our 15-year-old dating advice. <laughs> and I'm like... And the one that was giving him the advice, I was like, Ooh, no. You're going to get somebody pregnant. You're going to be on the next teen mom. You're going to be the baby daddy. But... And I, and I had a talk after I heard that conversation. I had a talk with my son, with our son, in the car on the way to the barbershop. And he was like, oh, my God, Mom, please don't. And I'm like, hey, I know you had a conversation with your dad, and that's cool. That's between you and your dad. But now I'm going to have a conversation with you from my point of view. And, and he was just... I don't know who was more embarrassed and more uncomfortable, me or him. Because I was actually, like, not being around the bush, and I was just telling him straight out, like, this is what I expect from you. Don't bring me this type of girl, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I I need you to be selfish and always take care of yourself. And he was just being... Basically, don't be like your dad. Yeah, don't don't be like your dad, please. And he was just beat red. And I think he was sweating because he actually turned on the air conditioning. And the windows were getting foggy. <laughs> his glasses, he looked at me and his glasses were kind of like foggy. Fogged up. Fogged up. So I'm like, okay, this conversation, 
I don't know how to end the conversation. It's just awkward. But I had it. And he's like, okay, I got you. So, I don't know. But this is this change, we did it at the right time for them. Because um, they were still young enough where they could still make friends. And they um, have now started to uh, make roots where we're at. Right. And we're in the... I mean, I like this city. I think we got lucky to move to a city that has enough stuff where we're not having to drive to the next city over to get whatever we need. But I think we just we moved at the right time because I had told you, if we're going to move, we need to move before the boys get older. You know, because the older they get, the harder it's going to be. Especially middle school. So we moved right when Luis was going to go into seventh grade. And that was like at the perfect, perfect Perfect. time. But he's, he is like, he's very social. Like his daddy. He's very social, has friends wherever he goes. Uh, The one who worries me a little bit more is the younger one. one. He's got more of your attitude. He's more of a introvert, so. And sarcastic. And sarcastic. And so he's got a healthy brain. Yeah, we're gonna live forever, fool. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna live forever, so. Uh, and so this past year, we've been trying to come out of this COVID stuff. Uh, we've been trying to uh, get back to normalcy mm-hmm. and <clears throat> trying not to deal with a lot of this uh, polarization that's been going on. Uh, like you said, you know, some people get kind of fanatic uh, about what's going on and they expect you to get on board with what they're doing. Force you, right? Forced attrition. And uh, that's not... We, you and I, are smart enough to look at what's going on and figure out, okay, well, this is what I need to do and this is what I'm going to do. If nobody else does it, that's up to them, but this is what I'm going to do. Either to protect myself or to uh, deal with the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... When you get on social media or you get into bigger cities where they start telling you what to think and feel and... And I think that's a problem. That's one of the... I think that's one of the big, big issues is that people get so into their social media, right? Like, I... Yes, I all look on social media... Um, TikTok University. TikTok, I learn a lot at TikTok University. But I mean, do I go down the rabbit hole? Yeah, I do. Because I'll look up for one thing, and then next thing I know, I'm like just going in one one hole, and then uh, going down, 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 down. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I've been on this thing for like an hour or so. Yeah. And, and I see how people get 
I can see how people get depressed and influenced by the stuff that they see. But what they don't understand, I think what people don't understand is that half that stuff isn't real. Yeah. Like, and what, how, why I say that is because I heard it from an influencer that I know. Cause I told her, I, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, your pictures, your pictures that you post on your website, they all look so, so perfect. Like kind of makes me kind of makes you jealous and she's like don't let it get you jealous she's like because it's not real she's like my house is chaotic she's like yes the living room looks perfect but if you just look to the left you'll see that I threw everything that the house looks like an explosion she's like I only clean where I'm going to take a picture she goes the rest of the house looks like it's been flipped upside down so I think, I think to myself, like, you know, and I, then I saw it firsthand, like I actually went to her house and I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, instead of taking pictures all day long, why don't you actually put stuff away? But that's just me, right? Because if I, if my house is messy, then I don't, I don't function well. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I see these things and I've told the boys a lot of that stuff that you see on social media isn't real. Mm. It's fake just so that people can get likes. I go, don't let it get to you because it's not real. And I did hear, I did, I did see on the news the other day that a school district, I think it's in Seattle, Washington, uh, is suing TikTok and Facebook and all that, all these social media platforms because their students are absorbed in it and they're depressed and they're being influenced by, you know, these, these platforms and stuff. It's, it's just sad. Like kids don't, you don't see kids outside anymore. No. And if you do, they're doing videos, TikTok <laughs> videos. Like remember when we went to the mall and we were, we were in the parking structure uh. and we were trying to get down the stairs and there were a bunch of kids doing... On the stairs. On the stairs doing TikTok videos. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're outside, but they're still on their phone because they're trying to get that like. Like, that's sad. I could understand that if you have a... an interest in media arts or if you have an interest in uh, becoming an actor or stuff like that and you go out there and you make these videos and stuff like that, that's cool. Do that so that you can get practice on what you're going to be doing later on or whatever. But but kids nowadays, you ask them what, you want to, what they want to be when they grow up, and the first thing they say is, I want to be an influencer. Well, what happens when you become, when you can't, inf- when your ideas run out? Like. Or when you don't make it. Or when you don't make it. Or when you find out how hard it is to get people to actually look at your stuff. Right. Because you're not famous. Because you're not, you're not original. You're basically on the coattails of somebody else's idea. You're trying to make it your own. Like if you see all these quote unquote influencers, they all have the same shit on their thing. It's all the same. It's, it's, 
It's ridiculous. I I am on TikTok. I don't post anything on TikTok. You post I, your dog. No, I don't. I don't even do that. No. I look on TikTok for like, what do you call it? Like the homesteaders. Like how to can your own food in case in case there's something happens. How do how how can I can all purpose flour? I didn't know you can do that. I didn't even know you can can milk. Fresh milk, like regular milk that you buy at the store. You can can it up for like a year. Would I drink it? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but and then I did run into a lady at work who is she does that for a living. She she uh, is like a homesteader. And she was telling me, you know, how how to can food and how to put it in the jars and stuff. And I always, and I told her, I go, I think that's really cool and interesting, but I'm afraid I might poison myself. Like, what if I don't put that lid right and then I end up poisoning myself? I'll have Louis taste it first. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Yes. But I mean, I don't know. Everybody is so absorbed into the social media stuff, and it's it's kind of getting boring. I mean, for me, it's, I don't even. I mean, Betsy, our English bulldog, has her own her own Instagram, and I haven't really posted <laughs> really posted anything. Yeah. I mean, I'll check it. I do check it. I, I I mean, I do because also that's how my my siblings and I, we communicate. we communicate and we send each other stupid videos. Stupid memes. Stupid memes and, and messages and stuff. But, I mean, the only, the only real reason why I do have social media is because we do live far away from family. Yeah. And My dad loves to see the, the pictures. Yeah, my dad, my dad and my mom and stuff. And that's the only reason why I keep it. If... If they weren't into it, then I wouldn't keep it. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, I think it's it's kind of boring in a way. I don't well, know. We, did, we didn't grow up that way. Mm-mm. We grew up with, when the lights on the block came on, you had to either go inside or check in. You checked right? in, yeah. And I, remem- I remember clearly... Like, the nights I would hang out with, with the kids in the neighborhood. We would all be outside. And as soon as the porch lights would come on, we had to go check in. We went to go check in. We're like, all right, we're here. We're still here. We're outside. Okay. As soon as the street lights came on, it was time to go inside now. But during the summer, we would just be outside. We would be outside playing basketball or flag football, but these morons would still tackle me on the asphalt. Um, Or we would go hiking up in the hills. We would just be out. I remember my dad on the weekends during certain times of the year, there would be like air shows, like at the space, at the uh, Air Force bases. And he would be packing up the the van and the, the guys in the neighborhood would be like, what, what are you doing, Mr. Suarez? And they would be, my dad would be like, oh, I'm going to an air show. Well, what's an air show? And my dad's like, you never been to an air show? 
They're like, no. So my dad's like, if your parents say it's okay, you can go with us. So then they would just, like, run, drop their bikes off, and then come and, like, just get in the car, in the van. And they would, I'm like, oh, I'm stuck with them all day. So we would go to the air show, and the air show was, like, all day long. My dad, my dad would leave, would want to leave, like, at 5 in the morning. To get there. To get to El Toro. (laughs) (laughs) Or... Or, like, Edwards Air Force Base in Lancaster. And we would leave early because he wants to beat the traffic. So we would leave early. We would get there, set everything up, meet, his, meet up with his friends, and then what, well, we would walk around, and then we would see the air show, and then we would leave in the evening and come back home. So we were gone all day long. I remember those, I remember, I think the last air show we went to, I can't remember exactly where it was, if it was in, at Edwards, but that's when I saw a plane crash. Like, I thought it was part of the show. But then when the, when I heard the ambulance, I'm like, and then when I saw the black, I've never seen black smoke like that. It looked like something out of a movie. And it was, a. Uh, it it crashed and the pilot didn't make it <clears throat> and it was black smoke and then you just see the the like the orange flame and then that was it then the ambulance comes and and stuff and that was the last air show that we saw but i remember that i remember growing up and kids nowadays don't grow up like that like, I think times are different. Like, there's so much more to be alert. Like, there's so there's so much danger all the way around. Yeah. Like, I remember walking down to Thrifties to go get ice cream. By yourself. By myself or with my friend. And we were, like, younger than our youngest. I think we were, like, 10, 11 at the most. You can't do that nowadays. It's sad. It's... Times are... I catch myself sometimes when I'm like... It's not like when we used to grow up and I sound like my mom and my dad. Like, now we're sounding like our parents, right? Like, I remember back in the day. Even the music. The music sucks now. (laughs) The music sucks now. I remember when I was in fifth grade, uh, my family moved us away from the neighborhood. We moved into an apartment. And uh, one of these, we were getting ready for one of my cousin's quinceanera. And I had to try to find a ride from the apartment all the way across town to where they were having the practice for the quinceanera. I was in fifth grade and I did that by myself. I was like, to me, that was an everyday thing. I was, I didn't second guess that. I didn't even think that I was doing anything wrong. I was just like, well, I gotta go. Nobody's here to pick me up. I gotta be there. Mm-mm. And so I went. I took the bus. I walked a few blocks. I, I, I tried to get there as close as possible, and I ended up getting there. And uh, t- 
turns out my family were like, oh, yeah, we forgot to go pick you up. <laughs> yeah, aren't you part of the Kinson? Yeah. <sighs> you see, and that, that's like, when you tell me stuff like that, of like how you grew up and the stuff that you did, like what you just said, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, my mom and my dad would have had a heart attack. Would have had a heart attack. Like, I wasn't a, like, no, right? Yeah. Like, I remember being, I was already in college and I went to the movies with my friend. And because I didn't call, my dad tracked me down to my friend's house when I dropped him off. And he, he had my sister call my friend's house. And then my friend's mom comes out and says, oh, it's your sister on the phone. So me being, you know, sarcastic, I, I get the phone and I'm like, what do you want? And then she's just like, uh, you're in trouble. I'm like, shut up. And then the phone gets ripped away from her and it's my dad. And when my dad speaks English, when he's pissed, you're done like you're done and he's like where are you I'm like oh shit and I'm like I'm dropping off my friend and he goes you come home right now and he sounded he sounded like Scarface right you come home right now and his accent kicked in and I laughed (laughs) and I was in deep shit I didn't want to come home but I had to face the music, and my dad didn't talk to me for a while. And for my dad not to talk to, not to talk to you, that's that's harsh, right? And I remember he didn't talk to me the next day, but he took me to the store to buy a beeper, <laughs> to buy a pager. And I'm like, what is a pager gonna do? Like, I'll go along with your idea, but like, what do you think is what do you hope this accomplishes? <laughs> like, what, do you, what are you hoping this will accomplish? He's like, so I can know where you're at all times. I'm like, but the whole thing is, is that I have to call you back. And so now I have to find the phone. What if I don't find a phone? What if I don't have any quarters? And he's like, well, then you call me collect. And I'm like, but what if, but you're already complaining that the, the phone bill is already high. <laughs> So I was trying to wear him out. And he's like, nope, you're going to get a pager. He goes, and I'll pay for it. But, and I'm like, okay, but I don't know what this is going to do. Not like I can call you from it. But I remember that I had the pager and it didn't work. And I think he beat me like twice and I never called back. <laughs> and that was it. Like, then I got it. Then he got me a cell phone. Would I answer it? No. Because I wouldn't hear it. Because I had it on silent. (laughs) But I don't know. The the times are changing. And it's just, is it getting better? I don't know. I just know the music sucks. (laughs) Music sucks. If you listen to it, they're taking snips of good music from our times and beyond like you can't tell me that Nicki Minaj and all those people are like so talented no they are not because they're taking music from our time and remixing it into theirs 
They have no talent. Music sucks now. But their talent is to get everybody to listen to it. Their talent is to shake their huge butts. Badonkadonk. Their big boobies, their big booties, their whip around, their fake hair. And they're just—they're visually stimulating. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give them that. But what no. was that guy uh, <clears throat> that turned into a snitch? He was real oh, colorful. Oh, sixty-eight. Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine, whatever his name is. Yeah. Is he, he's a big old snitch and now he's hiding somewhere? Yeah, but he was visually stimulating to a lot of people too. <laughs> because he was colorful. Yeah. So he, no. He, no. No. But I don't know. I just hope that that this generation, what do they call them, millennials? Millennials right now, yeah. Or Gen Z? No, no, no. Uh, Gen they call them the newer ones as Zoomers. Zoomers? I heard uh, so, somebody referred to them as Zoomers. Because of Zoom? I don't know. Probably. I'll call them something else. <laughs> we, we were Generation X. X. They are Generation Z. Or and they're no. called Zoomers. Then there's the Millennials. But Millennials is in between us. Mm. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. Mm. Well, we have a bunch of millennials at work. Oh. And I don't know if it's like if they're missing a chromosome. I don't know. But their worth ethic it doesn't exist. And you can't call them lazy because they get they get their feelings hurt. And then they go snitch. She called me lazy. Well, I didn't call you lazy. I just dubbed it down for you, but I called you something else. <laughs> I called you something else, but I, I dubbed it down so it sounds nicer, so I called you lazy. <laughs> because what I really called you is not nice. You mofo. But I don't know. These kids nowadays, and that's why I get on, I get on our oldest, that he needs to have a better work ethic. Because I don't want him to be like these fruitcakes, these snowflakes that expect everything to be handed to them. No. So that's why I'm against you getting him a car. Because I had to work for my car. I'm sure you had to work for your car. I had to buy my first car. I had to buy my first car, too. Well, actually, my first car was given to me. (laughs) But because I worked for it, I showed I was responsible for it. Our oldest, I don't think he's there yet. He, uh. he hasn't. So that's the thing, though, is we've, um, for, I've heard it, I've heard people say it this way, is that uh, we grew up with conflicts in our lives. And... Uh, we did not want our children to have those conflicts, so we sheltered them from that. And I think that's why they're different from us because we've kept them from having any kind of, or we sheltered them from having any kind of 
conflicts where they could find themselves. Um, I always tell my, my kids is that when you fail, it's okay because everybody fails. It's how you pick yourself up is what's going to reveal your character. Be careful with what you're revealing because you want to be a good person, but when you fail and you start being a bad person, that's who you really are. Right. Yeah. Like, it humbles you, too, to fail. Yeah. Like, me, for, ex for instance, uh, how many times have I failed one of my classes? But I, I do it over and over again. Right? Because I'm not going to let it defeat me. And just like that, when I get overwhelmed in, with school, somehow that quote by Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena, always seems to find, find me at the right time. And I read it over and over and over again. And, I, and it's true that the person who fails is the one who deserves the attention. Because at least if they fail, they still showed up and they still tried. Yeah. Right? The one who's arrogant are the ones who don't show up and don't even try. And I don't want our kids to... F to yes, we shelter them because we don't want them to be exposed to certain things. We don't want them to go through certain struggles that we've gone through, right? Mm. But I've also been called a helicopter mom because I do protect the boys. And then I get upset. And then I get upset because I'm like, am I doing a disservice to my kids because I am protecting them in a way? Or am I not? Or am I like, I don't know. Like, I get upset when people call me a helicopter mom because I think I'm not a helicopter mom. I'm just protecting my kids. I don't want my kids to be harmed. Mm -hmm. Do I want them to fail? I don't. Honestly, I don't want them to fail, but I need them to fail at times so that they know what it's like. Like, over the summer, our oldest, he did fail. Yeah. And it was a hard reality for him to, to face and to experience where he was benched for the most of the season in football because of his grades. And we had told him over and over and over again, your grades are going to bite you in the butt sooner or later. And he's like, what did he say? Okay. And he, he did pull up his grades. But when he was going to, and he was excited to start playing but his bubble was bursted because those grades came back and bit him in the butt. And it was hard to see him coming home crying because he wasn't going to be able to play. Was I able to do anything about it? No. Because it was something that he did himself and he had to go through it. All I can do is just, just, you know, tell him, 
you know what to do. You know what to do next time, and you know what not to do. So it's hard to see your kids fail, but it makes them a better person in the long run. Let's end this with you reading... The quote? The quote. So this is the quote from from a speech that President Roosevelt said in uh, Paris. It starts off as, it is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles or how the doer of deeds might have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is, whose face is marred with sweat and dust and blood, who strives valiantly who errs and comes short again and again, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who, if he wins, knows the triumph of high achievement, and who, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Yeah. Great quote. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. You're Love welcome. you. Love you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do you want to say anything about this next year? This coming year, I've come to terms that I'm in it with certain things just for myself. Good. Like... I'm not in it for to please anybody else. I'm doing things for me and things that better that better me and better my family. I'm not going to be bothered with well about other people because they're not my concern and if you are crying because you're not because I'm not paying attention to you or I'm not calling you or whatever. You know what? It goes both ways. You don't show me any interest. I'm not going to show you any interest either. So it's all about you. me. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great year. You too. Love you. Love you. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.